Lord, we have come this morning. And we know that by strength shall no man prevail. Thank you because your word that goes forth, even this morning, shall not return to you void. Speak to us this day, O God. Encourage our hearts and lift our spirits to your praise and glory. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. I want to thank the clergy for the opportunity and the council for the privilege to bring the message to us this morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In Psalm 122 verse 1, King David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And in verse 2 he said, Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Many years after the reign of King David, his people turned their backs against God. They were rebellious. And despite several warnings from God through his prophets like Jeremiah, the people remained rebellious. Eventually, calamity came upon them and they were taken into exile in Babylon. And while there, in the fullness of time, God's word came to pass again unto the children of Israel. And in the reign of King Cyrus, God sent forth his word. And the children of Israel were free to go back to Jerusalem and to rebuild the temple of the Lord. We'll see this where um, the, God, the Lord prophes- um, sorry, the prophet Isaiah prophesied this in Isaiah chapter 45 and also in Jeremiah chapters 29 to 31. They prophesied about Israel's return from exile and the rebuilding of the temple. And in Ezra chapter 1, we saw the fulfillment of this, where the people returned to Jerusalem. Let's open to Ezra chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. And I'll quickly read it and move on. Ezra chapter 4, verses 1 to 4. Ezra chapter 1, sorry, verses 1 to 4. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and to put it in writing. And this is what Cyrus, king of Persia, says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, And he has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. Any one of his people among you, may his God be with him. And let him go up to Jerusalem in Judah and build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel. The God who is in Jerusalem. And the people of any place where survivors may now be living are to provide him with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with Free will offerings for the temple of God in Jerusalem. And so the people returned and they started rebuilding 
the temple. But along the line, there came opposition. There was opposition, stiff opposition against the Israelites in rebuilding the temple. And although from the passages we've, uh, we've read, and the one in Isaiah 45 and Jeremiah, we see that this was actually the promise of God. If you remember Daniel, the book of Daniel, when he was praying, he said, God, after 70 years, he remembered that God had said that would come to pass. So there were scriptures which were in line, stating that this was God's will for the Israelites. But yet, there was opposition. And we see that in Ezra chapter 4, verses 23 to 24. And as a result of this opposition, the people were forced to stop rebuilding the temple. And in that period when they stopped, that was when they went back, every man to his own house, and they started building their own houses and living their lives, forgetting the purpose for which God had appointed the time they were in. And that's what we see in Haggai chapter 1 in our Bible reading. Let's turn to Haggai chapter 1. That was what was read during our Bible reading. And in verse 5, it, it says, Now this is what the Lord Almighty says, Give careful thought to your ways. And that's our, our message for today. Take heed to thyself. Give careful attention to yourself. How does this really relate to us today? A lot of us have got God's promises for our lives, for our families, or even for our nation, Nigeria. But then we all know what is going on now. I don't need to start narrating where it's all pinching us. It's getting to every one of us, young and old, male and female. But we know God's promises to us. At the beginning of the year, we, have our, we had our covenant prayers and there were things we asked God for. And through the year, there are words, specific words that God has been giving to us. That there are specific words God has spoken to us and we are still waiting on Him. And while we are waiting, we are in difficulty, especially in this nation. But we need to look up to God, no matter what, and not turn away. God has given us his word, but we're going through so much difficulty. Is it the exchange rate? Is it the fuel situation? Some families have even abandoned one car, and instead of two, are using one. A friend says, in fact, the only time he drives his car is when he's going to church with his family. But to go to work and for school run, he goes with public transport, because eventually that's cheaper for him. Or is it the prices of foodstuff? Inflation, the prices of things are skyrocketing every day. Or is it transport fare? How many people can still afford even to go by flight? It's now a, a luxury. It's no more affordable. But we can still trust in God. Is, there, is it insecurity? The other day we had the testimony of our brother, how God delivered him. But in the midst of all this, we keep pushing because we need to make ends meet. We need to make pay our children's school fees, which 
Meanwhile, have increased. In the higher institutions, fees have increased. My daughter's fees, in fact, you don't even want me to call the figure. Fees have increased, but our children still need to go to school. We still need to eat. We still need to live. In the midst of all of these things, we need to take heed. We need to pay careful attention to our ways so that we don't turn away from God and rely on our own strength and do things our own way, which is what happened to the children of Israel. And God rebuked them. He warned them. He said, you have left. This is verse 2. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while your house, while this house, the Lord's house, remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give yourself thought to your ways. In verse 6, you have planted much. But have not have but have harvested little. You eat, but have not enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you are not warm. In other words, they kept striving. They kept striving. But all their efforts seemed to be in vain. Praise the Lord. I don't know if that is our situation. We just keep pushing on and on. So is it that we should not work hard? Is that what I'm saying? No. God encourages hard work. The Bible encourages hard work. But what the Lord is saying to us is we should not rely on our own strength. We should not rely on other people or other means. But rather, we should learn to depend on God. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 9, he said, No one will succeed by strength alone. The Message Bible puts it this way. No one makes it in this life by sheer muscle. So it's not by our strength. In order for us to navigate through life, in order for us to navigate through the challenges that we're facing in our families and in our country today, we need to put God first. And we need to draw strength from God. We need to depend completely on Him. I heard someone say once that it's difficult these days for a Christian not to get him or herself entangled in doing one thing or the other that is wrong. I don't know if anybody understands or what I'm saying. We found ourselves in a similar situation where we're tempted. The pressure is there because we need that extra money to help us with our needs. That extra money to pay the school fees that is almost due. Exams are coming very soon. The fees have not yet been paid. What do I do? I was talking with a young friend of mine some weeks ago and she was telling me about a job that she got to do. 
It's one of those jobs that are just on that thin line between right and wrong. So we got talking. And um, she tried to explain. I knew she needed the money. So while we're discussing, at the end, I just asked her, okay, so after doing this job and you are paid, you will bring your tithes to church, Abby? And she laughed. At that point, I knew that we had won the battle. Because if you go and do that job, you know, within her, she knew it wasn't right. She even told me, me, I wouldn't even do it for myself. Oh. But she was trying to do it for somebody else so that she would get the money to complete her school fees. So at times like this, we're just at the brink of giving in. And that is what God is telling us today. You need to consider your ways. You know what is right. The standard of God stands sure. The foundation of God stands sure. Having the seal. The Lord knows them that are his. And let everyone that names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. God will not lower his standards for any one of us. He's still God. He knows what we're going through. He knows that we'll be living in a time like this. That we'll be living in this century. We'll be living in this country. We'll be in Nigeria. Some of us want to japa. But all the same, we need to know what God has in, in store for us. His plans for us. And not walk in the understanding of our own hearts. Praise the Lord. So we need God now more than ever before in the history of mankind. These are the end times. If you look at the book of Matthew chapter 24, there are many things listed there. We don't even need to go to the Bible. If you just hear what is happening, you know, you know that the end is near. The end is near. So we need God now more than ever. Praise the Lord. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 2, verses 11 and 13. Jeremiah chapter 2, 11 and 13. I will read it. Has a nation ever changed its gods? Yet they are not gods at all. But my people have exchanged their glory. For worthless idols. Verse 13. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me. The spring of living water. And have dug their own cisterns. Broken cisterns that cannot hold water. An idol is something. Anything. That takes the place of God in our lives. That is what we can refer to an idol. Apart from the one statue that is made that people bow to and worship. So anything in our lives that takes the place of God is an idol. And here in verse 11 we are told that we have exchanged. When we allow, an idol, when we allow something else to take God's place in our lives. That we are exchanging our glory. 
for worthless idols, for worthless things. We're bringing down our value that we are as God's children, His chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people whom God has called that we should show forth His um, who should show forth His mighty works. So when we allow other things take God's place in our lives, we are moving and shifting away from God's glory. That's what his word is telling us today. So we need to take it to ourselves. And when we are doing that, trying to walk on our own, struggle on our own, make ends meet on our own, we are actually forsaking our fountain of living waters. And we are making for ourselves cisterns. A cistern is like a tank. It is a tank or a container that stores water. Some are dug in the ground. So if you dig the ground, you put a big tank. And then it's connected to the roof where it collects rainwater. Or sometimes it's connected to the toilet for flushing. That's what the system is. So imagine if that tank where it is has a leak and water is flowing out. You know what your tank is like? Some of us don't even have running water where we live. Then you have to pay how many thousands of naira to fill your tank, your water tanks at home. So imagine that that tank is leaking. Nobody notices and suddenly you see water all over the place. Water that should last for four weeks will end up lasting for two weeks. That's what it's like. And that's what we see in Haggai chapter 1 where the Lord wants us. That's what it's like when we rely on ourselves instead of depending on God. So we should remember that he is the spring of living waters. If we remember the woman at the well in John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman, and Jesus met her and he told her, everyone who drinks this water, he was talking about the water in the well, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Instead, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And that's what Jesus does for us. And he gives us his Holy Spirit to help us. Praise the Lord. In John chapter 15 verse 5, Jesus reminds us again, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Bearing fruit means you've planted, it's time to harvest, fruits are coming out. None is being wasted. In Haggai chapter 1, we saw they were laboring, yet nothing. They were not getting the fruits. So we need to remain in Christ. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So when we walk things out on our own, it's like having a broken or leaking system. What do we need to do then? We need to put our trust, complete and total trust in God. Seek Him for direction in every situation and then obey Him. Praise the Lord. In Luke chapter 5, 
Jesus, that was the early part of his ministry. Jesus had gone to the lake of Gennesaret, well, one of the lakes, and there were people gathered there. So he went into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and he sat on it. He sat in it and he taught the people. As at that time, the fishermen who had come back from fishing were at the corner washing their nets. And at the end of his preaching, at the end of his teaching the people, Jesus said to Simon, Luke chapter 5. Let's go to Luke chapter 5. It's verse 11, 1 to 11, but I'll just read a few verses there. In verse 2, he said, He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he finished, verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Remember, the fishermen had just had washed the nets, meaning they had come back and they had finished. Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night. We have worked hard all night and haven't caught, haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. This was the master giving Peter. At that point, he was still Simon. Instruction. Verse 6. When he obeyed. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. These were men who had worked hard all night. They had done all they knew to do, but they had come back unsuccessful. But the Lord gave them an instruction, and they obeyed. Imagine if Peter had argued with the Lord. And they had, he had reason to. He was killed in his fishing, in his, in his business as a fisherman. They had done everything they knew to do. But had been unsuccessful. But at the Lord's word, the Lord gave them an instruction. They obeyed and they, were, they got a bountiful harvest because they obeyed. Praise the Lord. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 48. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 17. If someone is there, could you read that passage? Another person should open Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16. Isaiah chapter 48 verse 17. And Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16. 
the holy God of Israel, the Lord who says... Please, which passage are you reading? Isaiah 48 verse 17. The holy God of Israel, the Lord who saves you, says, I am the Lord your God, the one who wants to teach you for your own good and direct you in the way you should go. Praise the Lord. The Lord wants to teach you for your own good and direct you in the way you should go. That's why you need to trust him. The NIV version says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you. So if you know someone who knows what's best for you, would you not follow along? You would want to do everything. Just like you know your parents love you, young people. So you would want to do what they instruct you to do because you know it's best for you. How much more our Father in heaven who loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for us. And he's telling us, I know the best way for you. I want to teach you that way. And I want to direct you in the way you should go. Jeremiah chapter 6. Verse 16. Is someone there? Jeremiah 6, 16. The Lord said to his people, Stand at the crossroad and look. Ask for the ancient path and where the best road is. Walk in it and you will live in peace. But they said, No, we will not. Let me read from the Living Bible. It says, Yet the Lord pleads with you still. Ask. Ask. Ask where the good road is. The godly paths you used to walk in. In the days of long ago. Travel there and you will find rest for your souls. Who does not like rest? I don't know if there's anybody that does not like rest. If you keep striving and striving, one day you will break down and you will be forced to rest. And here is the Lord telling us, the way it used to be, based on my word, ask for that ancient path. Do not follow the ways of the world and the way it seems now. Ask for the ancient path and walk in it. For therein you will find rest for your souls. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, is any weary, he should come to me. And I will give him rest. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. I will read this from Message Bible. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go. He is the one. Who will keep you on track. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go. He is the one who will keep you 
on track. So we need to trust God, seek Him for instruction in everything, and then obey Him. Praise the Lord. There's a lot going on in social media. In fact, at the point, especially during COVID, I made up my mind. It's not every video that comes by I will open up and watch. Except someone puts a comment there. Then I will watch it. Or later, somebody else that watches that video makes a comment. Then I'll know if it's even what I should watch. If you remember during COVID, there was even in the news so much bad news everywhere and people's hearts were heavy. There was depression. That's the same thing now with us here in Nigeria. People go to the market, they come back, and the next thing you hear, painter that was 800 naira before, two days ago, today is 1,200 naira. I sent, there was someone I sent to buy a loaf of bread. I gave him 1,000 naira, and he brought 200 naira change for me. About two weeks later, I sent him again to buy bread. I gave him 1,000 naira and he brought 50 naira change for me. It may have changed before two weeks ago, but that was when I sent him. So I don't know at what point the price of the bread increased, but as at the time I sent him, it was just a space of two weeks and I got only 50 naira change. These things can be depressing. In fact, I've decided I will not be going to markets. If I can find somebody that will go for me, if I give you money, whatever you buy, you bring for me, I will tell you, thank you. Because when you're there, you're checking the money you have, you're checking your list, and you're asking yourself, in fact, you're canceling and reducing, the, the, the reduction, the woman is even begging you, how will I feed my family? And you're saying, I cannot buy it at this price, you're telling me. In fact, the, the soup I want to cook, it will not last me for three weeks I had planned for. So I would rather you go to the market and buy, and whatever you bring, thank you, God bless you. And I will manage it. After a week or two weeks, I can, and I get more money, I send you again. It's depressing. It is depressing. I don't know about you. Mothers, am I speaking your mind? It is depressing. But we have a living God who loves us. Praise the Lord. We have a God that loves us. So we need to be mindful of who we keep company with. All the cho-cho-cho, all the gists, all the things you're listening to. It registers in your heart, in your mind. It's in your quiet moment when you're at home. Everything will start replaying in your mind. And then you will start wondering, hey God, Inokwea? Inokwea? So we need to be mindful of who we keep company with. What we listen to or even what we watch. We need to be careful that we do not develop an unbelieving heart towards the power of God. Because the things that are happening now, you will shake your head. By the time people finish talking, you yourself... You will just wonder, is there God? Is God seeing us? Is God hearing us? Is there a God in heaven? We need to be careful. Be careful that you don't become anxious. Because that's the next thing. Anxiety takes over. 
How am I going to feed my family? How are we going to... In fact, Christmas is coming. Oh. <laughs> Children will still want their Christmas clothes, please. Our Christmas dress and shoes and something special. You know it's Christmas. Mommies and daddies, praise the Lord. We still want something special for Christmas. Young people, praise the Lord. Am I speaking your mind? Oh, you don't want. Okay, mommies and daddies, you can forget about us. Young people, do you want something for Christmas? You know, these are our wonderful young people in Chapel of His Resurrection. We are being considerate. The times are hard. God bless you. Praise the Lord. We are very considerate. Teenagers and young people, we don't want to stress our parents. We understand. But we need to be careful so that our hearts don't become anxious. We also need to be careful that we do not become afraid. Fear is a terrible thing. The Bible says it oppresses. Fear oppresses. Fear oppresses. It's from the devil. That's not God's plan for us. God's plan for us is to give us peace. To give us peace. Praise the Lord. He says in his word in Ephesians 4, 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, make your request known unto God. Praise the Lord. You have a father who loves you. He's waiting to hear you ask. What is that thing? It's, there's nothing too small for God to do. There's nothing too big for God to do. He is almighty. He is sovereign. He has control over everything. Even when things get out of control. That's what I used to encourage myself. I just tell myself, oh, this thing just keep happening, but I know that God is in control. So I just go to him and find strength. I go to him. At my heart, sometimes I'm not able to pray. I just tell God, you know how it is with me, oh, help me. And that's a prayer. The other day in teens church, we're looking at praying without season. Good. And we said prayer is staying in God's presence. Among so many things we stay, said. We said prayer is staying in God's presence. It is time spent with God. So that's staying in God's presence alone will rejuvenate you. It will give you strength to rise up and move again. Praise the Lord. Let's look at John chapter 16, verse 33. This is a, a, a passage I love so much. It's actually my screensaver. So permit me to read it from here. Okay, I will read. I have told you these things. So that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 28, verses 39. Romans chapter 8, sorry. Verses 28 to 39. Reminds us, if we read through. That there is nothing that can separate us from God's love. There is nothing that can separate us from God's love. I'm talking about overcoming the world. Do you know that we are overcomers? 
Well, for coming through all, every challenge we face in life, God has given us, made us overcomers. And how is that? In 1 John 5, 4, it says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So when you have faith in God, faith is the evidence of things not seen. The hope, which one is it now? The hope of things not seen. Hebrews, who knows? <laughs> Substance of things, thank you, Bible students. Substance of things not seen. Please, well, let's go there before I say the wrong thing. Or let us quote it. I know we are Bible students. Barista Jinta, do you want to help us? <laughs> Substance of things hoped for. Evidence of things not seen. Thank you. Substance of things hoped for. What is that thing you're hoping for? Have faith. You will have the evidence of it someday. Praise the Lord. Because we have a faithful God. Verse 5 says, of that First John chapter 5, verse 5. Who is that? Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, then you can overcome the world through faith. Don't give in to unbelief. Hold on to your faith. Praise the Lord. I've talked about spending time in God's presence. Let's read Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 to 5. Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 to 5. The Sovereign Lord has taught me what to say, so that I can strengthen the weary. Every morning he makes me eager to hear what he is going to teach me. The Lord has given me understanding and I have not rebelled or turned away from him. Every morning. Every morning. Every morning. We need to seek God so that he will awaken our ears to listen. To listen. Like one being taught. He teaches us. Please, if a teacher comes to class and there are no students... There will be no learning. The teacher will just be there. The Lord is our teacher. And he is waiting for us to come. And to learn. So that he will awaken our ears. It's not this doctor's earlobe. This outer ear. Mm -mm. He wants to speak to your heart. So that you will hear him. Receive instruction. Receive guidance. Receive a word that will strengthen you through every situation, through every difficulty, through everything you're going through. And give you a word to encourage somebody else. Praise the Lord. We need to learn to stay in God's presence. 
in Psalm 73. Psalm 73. A psalm written by Asaph, one of the musicians um, in the time of King David. That psalm is very interesting. Because there, he said he was envious of the wicked men. Because they were prospering. Look left. Everything is going on well for them. Kiwa, you're a righteous person. Uh-uh. What is going on? It's as if God is being unfair. Let's go to Psalm 73. Are we there? Okay. It's a very long passage. So I won't read everything. But later when you get home, you can read through. But the summary is he was envious of wicked men. I'll just start from verse 13. And I'm reading from New Living Translation. Okay, let me start from verse 12. Look at these wicked people. Enjoying a life of ease. While their riches multiply. Please, is that what is happening today? That's what is happening today. Verse 13. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? People are doing all sorts of things to get this money. And yet, I have tried to maintain and do the right thing. Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? Verse 14. I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. When I wake up and think of what is ahead of me. Hmm. Verse 16. Okay, sorry. I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. Verse 15. If I had really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people. So that's, that's the, the, the psalmist saying, even though these things were in my heart though, God, you know my heart. But uh, I did not say it to your people, though, because if I had really spoken this way, as is in my heart, I would have been a traitor to your people, because this is not the word of God. Okay, he continued. So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper. But what a difficult task it is. Verse 17. Then I went into your sanctuary, O God. And I finally understood the destiny. That's New Living Translation. Another version would say the end. But this translation, I just loved it. That's why I picked this. It said destiny. What is in store for you? I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly, you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. So when we see them prospering, it seems all is well. There is an end for them. And that end is destruction. But how did he understand that? Until he came into the presence of God. Understanding can, of situation of things, understanding of the spiritual can only come from God. When we tarry in his presence, he will open our eyes to see the plans he has for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. Thoughts of good and not of evil. 
plants of good and not of evil to give you hope, to give you a future. And for you to understand it, for your heart not to be troubled, you need to stay in God's presence. So he will open your eyes for you to see. He will open your ears. He will awaken your ear for you to hear him and know the best way you should go. The way you should walk. The ancient landmark. The ancient path that we should walk. Praise the Lord. We have a similar narrative in Malachi chapter 3 verses 13 to 18. Please let's go to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3 verses 13 to 18. I'm reading from NIV. You have said harsh things against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? Verse 14. You have said, it is futile to serve God. What did we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call, but now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly, the evildoers prosper. And even those who challenge God escape. Is that what is happening in our country? Verse 16. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other. Remember we said before, mind who you keep company with. Stay with people who will encourage you. Not people who will talk, talk, talk. By the time you're, you're drained, even the little faith you have will just disappear. This one says, Then those who fear the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. God always listens. It may seem that he is not listening, but... God is almighty. How can he not hear? He hears everything. He sees everything. Remember, a day to him is like a thousand years old. And a thousand years is like one day. Please, who here will live for a thousand years? So in your lifetime, self, God has surpassed you. So he listens, he hears. Praise the Lord. Then those who fear the Lord talked with each other and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance. A scroll of remembrance was written in God's presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. They will be mine, says the Lord Almighty. In the day when I make up my treasured possession, I will spare them just as in compassion a man spares his son who serves him. Praise the Lord. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked. Between those who serve God and those who do not. This came from staying in God's presence. That's how we can understand God's plan and God's purposes. Praise the Lord. Remember the same Malachi chapter 3. It's where it talked about tithes and offering. Times are hard. Please take heed to yourself that you do not reduce, you do not put back your hand 
Remember in Haggai chapter 1, they did not go back to doing, building the temple. Do not put your hand back from giving to the Lord. Do not reduce what you give for offering. Do not reduce what you give for offering. Do not cut down your tithes. It is still 10%. In Malachi chapter 3, in verse 10, he says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Into my house, that there will be food in my house. Be careful. Take heed to yourself. Consider your ways. Do not reduce the amount you used to give for offering. God is a faithful God. He will bless you. He will bless you. He will bless you. That is the loving Father that we serve. He's a compassionate God. He, David said, once I was young, now I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. All his children begging bread. I am a living testimony. In Teen's Church, I shared with my brethren, I got the, this, 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 this period there was, first, this second half of the year has been wonderful for me. In quotes, my health in August was something else. I had to run for help. It was like I was dying and I couldn't understand what was happening to me. Well, here I am standing in front of all of us. God is faithful. God is good. I mentioned my daughter's school fees. You don't, I told you now, you don't want to know. Thank God for everything. Thank God for everything. He is still God. Praise the Lord. Within 24 hours, when things turned around for my family, God arose and showed himself faithful. I was so overwhelmed in God's faithfulness because he proved himself. God proved himself. We, I, I, did not, I could not even have in my account, you know how we say home and abroad. I, can, I could not even boast of a four-digit figure in my account or in my pocket. Complete, correct, four, four or four, just four, four-digit uh, amount. But I was required to provide a six-digit amount within a space of two, three days. And God arose on my behalf. And God did it beyond my expectation, beyond the expectation of my friends who were even helping Times are hard, but God did it. God is still God. He's the one who owns everything. He's the maker of the heavens and the earth. So what is too hard for him to do? Nothing is impossible with God. Praise the Lord. We need to develop an attitude of gratitude. I'm rounding up. In Psalm 103, we're reminded there to count our blessings. The small ones, the big ones, they all matter. Nothing is too small. That you are alive today is a big thing, though. People of all ages are passing on. People are slumping and dying. But we have life. You have food to eat, even if it's one meal a day. There are so many things. Your children are still in school. You've not had to withdraw them. There was a girl on my street. I saw, I was like, ah, ah. Why are you not in school? Or 
what happened? We got talking. Her mother sells food somewhere. Her father, what did she say about her father? Really nothing serious. So they had to put her in one lesson so that she can write her wayek. They will register her for her to write wayek. Yet, your children are still going to school. And you pay the fees. Praise the Lord. Let us develop an attitude of gratitude because the God we serve is a good God. He is faithful. Um, message Bible. I'll read Psalm 100 verse 4 from Message Bible. It says, Let your password be thank you. In spite Sorry, I have it written somewhere else. Okay, verses 4 and 5. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise. Thank him, worship him. For God is sheer beauty. All generous in love, loyal always and ever. God is loyal to us. He is our portion. God is our portion. He is loyal to us. Praise the Lord. So let us be thankful because God is faithful. In spite of what you are going through, be thankful for what God has done. And you'll be surprised at what he would do for you. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. If you're here, and you don't know God as your father. Loving and compassionate. Just. Righteous. It is time for you to come to him. All that we have said. You can't partake in it. He's a righteous God. In him is no unrighteousness. And remember he said, who is he that overcomes? It's he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. If you would want to have God as your heavenly Father. He says, Jesus said, there's not everybody that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into my kingdom. Woe unto you if at the end you stand before his presence and he says, depart from me, I know you not. You know in your heart that you haven't given your all to Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. I want you to raise your hand now. Open up your heart to him. He loves you. If you want to give your heart to Jesus, if you want God to be your heavenly Father, I want you to raise your hand and surrender your life to him now. We know the times we're in. And you know how heavy your heart has been. I want you to surrender all to Jesus now and lay it at his feet. Cry out to your father. Now this is for us who are believers. Pour out your heart to him. Just ask him to help you. You want to stay in his presence. And not to keep running around. In circles and not achieving anything. You need his help. Pray to the Lord and ask him to help you now. He is listening.
He wants to hear you. Father, thank you for bringing us your word. Thank you that each one of us passing through different challenges, yet looking unto your son Jesus, we will experience victory on all fronts at all times in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, you have said anyone that lacks wisdom in the midst of trials, in the midst of burning situations, that we should ask you, you give to all men generously. Father, release wisdom to us in the name of Jesus. Open our eyes to see the well that you have dug for us. For when Hagar wept because the bottle of water had run out, you said, why are you weeping? And opened her eyes to the well. Lord, we ask that our eyes be open and that our hands be strengthened and our knees straightened. We will walk in your paths waiting for you. We will live by the dictates of the word of God with joy. For we know you who have promised. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. You don't miss any little thing or big thing in our lives. And therefore, Lord, we speak victory unto everyone passing through challenges in the name of the Lord Jesus. Challenges regarding finance. We speak victory victory in the name of Jesus. Challenges in marital life. Challenges in relationship between in-laws and siblings. Lord, we speak strength, grace in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we will stand with you. We will walk in forgiveness. We will walk in joy. We will walk, O Lord, in that word that you have brought to us and we thank you that our eyes will see your victory and our mouths will testify of your goodness thank you for your daughter whom you have brought this word to us we ask that you continue to bring your word into her life and circumstances you use her in her home in the school among the teens and everywhere you cause her to go and cause your victory to manifest in her again and again and in her daughter in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, to you be the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Oh,